Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey. Uh-huh. What's up? What's the word? Uh-huh. Yo, yo, yo. It's your boy Cody Mackhill. Another episode of What's the Word? And I'm here chilling in the studio with Saba. What's going on, yes, guy? What's going on? I was man. Gonna, I was about to call you Malik. You ain't got nothing about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, yeah I was telling I was telling Rory earlier, like, yo, I've been in here studying since like earlier this morning. That's all I've been doing is studying this interview, trying to make sure I get all the juice, all the, everything <laughs> I knew to get out of you. Why I got you here? I appreciate it, man. That's. That's dope. That's we should be in for a treat, man. Oh yeah, we in for a yeah, treat, man. Yeah, yeah. We gonna chop it up, man. We gonna chop it up. So I don't know if you remember, but I interviewed you before back in like 2018, 2017. 2017 had the pink, the pink had the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a dope conversation, a dope interview. Uh, shout out to Rod and Power Ninety Two for allowing me to do that. You know what I'm saying? That's when. Actually, I think that interview was like around the time with my career on on this journalism interview side really took off in Chicago. So it was around that time. So, um, backstory, right? Do you remember uh, in 2018 when it's like it was a Chicago artist watch list that dropped and every the whole city went crazy? I do. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 So, so I, the guy that curated the list, right? So I had you on that. Oh, this is your list. This is my list. <laughs> uh, you uh, you caused a lot of commotion, huh? Caused a lot of commotion. <laughs> a lot of commotion. A lot of commotion. That's just the city up, and I think that actually would put the stamp on my career in the air and in my alpha talent. But I think I had you number five, right? Mm. I had you number five on there. And uh, the slack I got for having you number five was so hard. Everybody was like, yo. I don't know who this who is Saba, who is this kid? Like no one know. Like I'm like, gee, this is probably one of the hardest in the city, but they don't know who you are. So we're gonna re now, fast forward four years later, everybody should know who you are. You just sold out the Argo and Barbara, brother. So I'm doing a lot of talking because I'm a fan of your so I'll with you, man. man. So Hell yeah. No, Saba, man. Let these know who you are. Man, it's I mean, you doing you doing it for me. <laughs> you doing it for me. I'm number five on the list. 
Number five on the list. No, that's that's dope, man. That's good to hear, man. That's you know, a lot of times with situations like that, you put out your list. It's so subjective. Mm-hmm. People people get so like hurt when they don't see things that they're familiar with. When 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 your list look different than theirs, but really, I mean, that's is that not the whole point of the list to put people on to you know what I'm saying? What what it is you believe in and what you support. So I don't know when I think of. Cause I do remember saying I think you had Femi on there too, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw that you shit before it, it, before it blossomed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I re- I remember that well, man. But I don't know, man. To answer the question, I mean, I'm sure by the end by the by the end of this by the end of this, the answer would be clear as day. You know what I'm saying to the to the to the people who are unfamiliar. Yeah, you think so? Oh yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So you tell well. You told me you've been researching and studying this shit all day. So I'm like. By the end of this, it's like, we got to know who Saba is. You know what I'm saying? The crazy thing is about it, like, then everybody that watch and listen to us about this time, they know who Saba is. It's, but it is a few um, individuals, and this is really what I wanted to point out, is that coming from the rack, right, um, it's segregated. For sure. So that list taught me one thing. When I, when I dropped these lists, it, taught, it teaches me things like the rack is segregated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got the west side. We got the south side. We got the north side. Like, Oh, we got over east, over east and out south for like they totally different sizes. <laughs> right, 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 right. Same. Um, so people on the west side know you. Mm-hmm. Like I got a whole, it's a whole collective of people knowing. It's a, I would say this, it's a whole collective of people outside of Chicago that know you. Why do you think Chicago is so segregated like that? Ugh, I mean to be honest, I think it, it's kind of part of the culture in Chicago. Like mm. me being from out what, like I'm on. We out south right now. You know what I'm saying? We on 87. We on 87. <laughs> like, I can count on one thing, one hand how many times I've been out here, mm. out south. I don't be out. Like, it's just certain things. Like, on some Chicago, cult- culturally, like, from out south, don't be going out west. Motherfuckers from out west, don't, don't be going out south. So, it's like, to me, I, I, wish, I, I wish I knew, I'm sure, some type of... Uh, Bigger, bigger social issue that Chicago is so segregated. I'm sure it's a part of that don't got nothing to do with our generation. Even like that's probably been for years and years and years like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those places. Like the neighborhoods in Chicago is so like just what they are. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm from the Austin area, and it's like a lot of them is like this is where they at. This is where they about to be. I'm gonna come back. They gonna be, you know, they gonna be here, Facts. and a lot of the neighborhoods in Chicago is like that. Some of those neighborhoods are black, some of them white, some of them uh, Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like a lot of, but but the thing that's true about them, regardless, is that like these the people who gonna be here the next time you come back. So it's like it's not a lot of. I don't know. I didn't do a lot of exploring in Chicago when I was really? when I was here. I was where I was at. And I started to, you know, I went to I went to Columbia downtown. So as you know, when I was in college and when I was in, in high school, a little, you know, I started to branch out a little more and get a little more adventurous. But I wasn't trying to f- around with the South Side, man. I didn't know what the f- y'all had going on over here. I've heard and did my research that the people that say they like yo, you uh, they say you're very you're an introverted person, like mm. you don't do a lot of talking. 
uh, how how some makers, some people that I, I you know what I'm saying called about you, they say that you are you would classify yourself as shy. Uh. I can't see that from the records, and I can't see that from your relationships that you got from different people. It's like chances from out south. Um, you know what I mean? I, I'm not mistaken. I ain't Mick Jenkins from out south too. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot like, of the homies is from from over here. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of my like really really good friends are are from out here. My, I mean, my mama stay out here. You know what I'm saying? But I, I count on one hand how many times I went to her too. Like as a kid, <laughs> as a kid I went to where my mama stay. I went there twice. I went there once when I was 13, went there when I was probably like 18, maybe picked her up once. But she be out west, like, she come to where we at, so we don't got to go to where she at. Like, that's, I don't know, it's kind of like an odd odd relationship or whatever, but to me it's just always been like a a different thing. I think whoever whoever you talk to that probably told you I was like shy or introverted or something like that, it's like, I don't know, it depends on the, the, the capacity of how people know me, you know what I'm saying? Because I think I'm a... I'm an introvert when I'm, you know, just in my natural state a lot of times, but I'm an extrovert when I need to be, you know what I'm saying? And I think doing this and, and, and you know, pursuing this career, it definitely forces you to be, un- like, if you're an introvert, it forces you to be uncomfortable. It's like you're on stage in front of thousands of people. How are you going to be introverted? at a time? You know what I'm saying? So, so to me, like, doing this is what really, I don't know, it kind of – it, it helped me develop like as a person more so than just as an artist. But I'm like, yeah, I'm good now. All that shy, shit, all of that like introverted. Like, mm. okay. <laughs> you're not really giving me those vibes. You're like you're one of you guys. Like, right. like this is normal. Right, right. It, you know, it depends on the capacity of how people know me. You know, or or it could even depend on the time period in which people knew me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, some knew me from 2012, 2013. And that I, I was a lot more to myself and in the cut, you know what I'm saying? And then over the years, it's just kind of like, I just, I'm more comfortable now. I'm more, you know what I'm saying, just who who I am. Like, mm-hmm. this is me. If you fuck with it, you fuck with it. If you don't, that's cool too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good now. That's valid. That's valid. Uh-huh. I was going to say, so, because when my homie, was, he was, because we went to the show. And my my homie was like, yeah, I remember Saba when he was. Uh, I guess he used to go to like a library, like a new media. So for sure, you media, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, yo, he used just to be quiet and making beats, and like no one, he ain't <laughs> never used to talk. You know what I'm saying? And I think I guess your cut it was like a cousin of yours that was there with you. Yeah, he Walt. Was, yeah, Walt. yeah. So it was Walt, and he was like, yeah, he was cool with Walt. He was like, man, I Saba used just to be there type. Well, I was in that bitch rapping every Wednesday. I don't. I was on the microphone every Wednesday in that. So was you rapping or was you hollering? At, was you talking to people? It's different from being performing your art or just networking with the crowd. To me, that's where our career started. That's not at, y'all started. at the library, like I was probably 16, 17 years old, and that's when we started. Like we took this serious. It felt like we was headlining concerts. We was up there for five minutes just doing a a song or a, a, a acapella or something, whatever we was doing. But the way, you know, we had to get on that stage and really become comfortable doing that, that's really what the training ground for me was, like, to really break out all of that introverted, like, in the corner, in the cut, because it was like, I got to rap people. I got to look people in their eye and rap for them. 
like these are the same people that's here that I could just be talking to like normal. And I, I just recognized like the more that I did it, the more comfortable I got. But that was where like I feel like our first fans came from. Our first shows came from the first people who when we was putting out music and was listening to it, they all came from that space. And this is before Brother Mike or after? This is Brother Mike. This is, yeah, this is what, what he started and what he, you know, that mentored everybody and, 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 and gave us a platform at that level. You know what I'm saying? That was probably 2011, 2012, around, around then, you know? Yeah, he used to teach at my, uh, my grammar school. When I was in elementary school, grammar school, you know what I mean? He used to teach that. That's dope. Yes, I remember him from them days. So now, transitioning, I wanted to see, like, what do you, because we just talked about the the diversity and just the segregation within the city. Uh, What are some steps Asaba taking right now to to diversify his audience? I'm going to say that, because you got the end of Chicago when it comes to, how can I say this? A black motherfucker. Black, a black person from the South Side and a black person from the West Side is different. So how can you get that uh, black South Side audience? I mean, part of it to me is, you know, it's authentic records where you could you could you could speak to like you know what I'm saying. Despite me not being from out South, I speak to the South Side on every song. You know what I'm saying? Despite you know somebody else not being from out West, I feel like you still speak to because it's a it's a it's a general understanding that comes with being born and raised in Chicago that I think is across the board. You don't got to be black to even get it. Like, you you know, it's a general understanding. Like, we from here. Mm-hmm. And I think, to me, I don't know, like, I, I always I always had a diverse audience, and I think part of that is because I just make diverse music. Like, I got one song that sound like this. The next song might sound completely different. Um, but to me, I think it's just part of, part of, like, staying authentic. I think people don't give a where you from for real for real people just want something that they ain't had they want some they want they want they want authenticity you know what i'm saying like i think a record like a record like survivor's guilt for instance that to me is like that's out west just as much as it's out south you know what i'm saying like so i think it's like just being being aware and trying to do my part in just connecting the gaps, you know what I'm saying, where they where they where they lie, you know. I guess I guess what I also want to pick your brain on is, and I'm gonna try my best. People listening, it's not cuss because I'm trying to stop cussing. Um, so <laughs> should, should I not be cussing? Is this no? Is you this? can do your thing. Oh, okay, okay. But okay. the people that edit it, they hate when I cuss. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of, of cuss words they gotta edit out. Um, so Jahari, you're out south, right? Over east. Over east. Same shit. So once y'all see, I, was, <laughs> I mean, I'm from the low end. I'd be like, I say the same thing. But all right, so you from out this way. So by you for being out this way, this is his, literally this was his first time hearing your album. So I played the album for him. We listened to the whole album front to back a few times, and he like, man, it's hard. Like I'm rocking with it. I like this song. Listen, what's the name of this song? I want to add this song. So you got the music and you got the catalog, right? But my question to you is. Do you feel like by you not being with like a major label, the marketing to reach to like ur- the urban, quote unquote, urban area is like it's harder? Like because if people hear you, they gonna get you. But it's like not being able to have that push to get to the urban areas. You think yeah. that's you think that's the issue? I wouldn't call it an issue. I would I would say that it's something that uh, you know, you cross that bridge when you get there. You know, part of part of what being independent. And it's not even necessarily limited to be independent because you could be signed and still have to go through the same steps. But it's like 
goal lines. You know what I'm saying? Like we we started comfort zone, then we do bucket list, then we do care for me, then we do few good things. And every every project is like a it's a new it's a new goal with it. It's a new audience, and it's like the audiences have been doubling every every time. So it's it's really it's really dope to know that. But to see how this how this one has been performing, we you know we, we've been tapping into radio out here and doing all of that type of shit. It's shit that we never thought about really. Cause we just been on the internet with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we got a lot of fans online, but when it comes to radio, those are completely different people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so for us, it's been like just doing what we doing what we can. And then once we get to that level, Hey, now we do that. You know what I'm saying? Now we do that. And we keep, trying to double what we did last time or trying to quadruple it, whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? But just trying to get to bigger and wider, wider audiences. But to me, I'm not, I'm not one of them people who, who see being independent as a disadvantage. Mm. Cause we just got back home from a sold out tour. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like that it was fucking crazy. Like I don't see that as a disadvantage. There's a lot of niggas who are signed who can't do that. So to me, it's really just it's a different it's a different game. But I think for me, it's been a it's been a patient game because mm-hmm. it's like I I know I can't I can't uh, what is it you you bite more than you could chew or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I I know with my team currently, like I know that we gonna get there. You know what I'm saying? It's not a doubt in my mind whether we're going to get there. It's just a matter of making sure we do it when we have the capacity to do it the right way. Mm. So that's what we've been, you know what I'm saying? It's like every every album has been like a stepping stone to get to the next album really, you know what I'm saying? So I don't I don't see this one is 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 any any different. You know, I got a I got a lot I got a lot that I want to do still, you know? Mm. I got a, I got a, I got a long way to go and a, and a, clearly a lot of people to reach, you know what I'm saying? Even within just the city of Chicago, you know. Yeah. And I um, it's a lot that you be saying. I want to I want to get into that too, uh, as you just said. Uh, but when it comes as far as radio, do you feel like uh, radio is needed? To uh, is radio still needed for artists in twenty twenty two? Um, I mean, I think radio is one of those things where it depends on the artist. You know, some people need it, some people don't. Some people want it, some people don't. Uh, you know, radio for me wasn't a thing that I really thought about until this album. And the album was already done when I realized that we could tap in in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I went into the album, like, we're going to make a radio record. Um, but some people approach albums like that. And it's just different marketing, different audiences. It's a lot of different ways to get it. Like, I think you know, our understand, especially being in Chicago, I think our understanding of what it takes to get it when we was growing up, it was centered around things like the radio. It was centered around TV and all of this stuff. And now it's like, it's a lot of different tools and avenues and ways. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't got to be as in front of people now. Like now you could, I mean, you could be more in front of people if you, you know, some people on internet every day just in front of you, in front of you, in front of you, and that's how they get their stream. Some people drop every five years, and that's how they get. The, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different ways. Like where I don't really think it's as, I don't think it's as 
black and white is just like do artists need the radio like because some of them do are, are the artists putting out hit records because that's where they go they go right to the radio are the artists just doing they like spotify apple shit because that's what they you know what i'm saying but i don't you know i don't see one as being more valuable or less valuable than the other i think it's all just depends on the artist what what they want to do you know what i'm saying okay. i i never really hear um it's interesting you said that because i I'm, I rarely hear artists say, like, yo, I'm trying to take this project this direction. Like, how you was like, yo, I'm, I thought about radio while making this project, you know? Yeah. Uh, often, I hear a lot of people say, like, yo, they get a cliche answer, like, yo, I just made the music and let the music speak for itself and all that. But I think it's dope that you actually went in there to try to, like, yo, let me see if I can. No, no, no. I'm saying I didn't. I'm didn't. saying I didn't do that on this record. Okay. Yeah, 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 I'm saying I didn't do that on this record. You know, it was crazy. Is I, I felt like so then then that mean with this this whole project, then you just had a mixture of emotions because I feel like the Care for Me album um, was like a once like I could tell what you was going through, and I want to get yeah. into that as well. Um, but with this album, it seems like you were I want to say all over the place, but you just showed express yourself a different way. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. the Survivor's Guilt and the uh, What's the kid they get a record? Uh, my too, my stuff too. Uh, if I had a dollar, I, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I felt like those were like those are like radio songs. Uh, I mean, they playing Survivors Guild on the radio out here, which is really really dope. Um, but I think it's 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 introductory. You know what I'm saying? Where where now going forward, I got a little more knowledge about because I don't I I don't know about how the radio work. You know what I'm saying? We've been independent this whole time. We haven't used the radio, but. You know, some people play what they like. You know, we got people like Hot Rod out there. You know what I'm saying? Some of the vocal low people, like people who play just Chicago artists and shit. Um, but just knowing or learning, learning about radio and learning, like it's it's cool. It's gonna be like a new a new challenge whenever I get to the point where I'm like, I want to make some, like I want to make some with that intention. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know, just learning and, and uh, uh, before I go there to, to answer the <laughs> care for me was made in like a few months. That was maybe a three month process. Mm -hmm. This album is made over the span of four years. So it's a lot more to say. It's a lot more types of songs. It's a lot more emotions with it and everything like that, especially because of the four years that it was like half was before the pandemic. Half is right during the midst of the pandemic. So it's just a lot of, I think topics where it's care for me, I'm kind of just dealing with grief. And you know, when you're grieving, it's like, you start thinking about all type of other, like, man, like I'm, I'm sad. This is the reason I'm sad. This is the reason I'm sad. This is the reason, like, it's just a lot of shit going on. So care for me kind of is like, Bleh. like, it's like, just pour that shit out. Whereas this album, there are those moments on it, but I didn't want this album to feel anything like that one. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted it to feel, different i wanted it to feel like four years have passed you know what i'm saying no i, I definitely i definitely get it i definitely get it so i want to uh i want to tap into the care for me album right so that's crazy that you made uh i would sit sit as a culture classic in three months so imagine they would give you f uh, four years to make that joint <laughs> um but you made that album um because it's your late cousin john wall right right right, right. grieving over that uh how do you how did how do you deal with grief? Uh, I don't know. Same way as everybody else. You don't 
waking up, we just kind of wake up the next day, you know, and then you wake up a lot of more days later and then you hope for the best. Some days you feel it. Some days you don't think about it. Some days it's, you know, it does like, I think grief, how we talk about it is like, like even like, like grief is a thing to deal with. It's not something that you deal with. You just live with grief. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I, I got the memory and the, the, the experience of having known and, and lived through those years and, 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 and did that. And it's like, that's not something that I think goes away. Like, I don't feel like, you know, it could be 20 years. I'm going to still be grieving that experience. You know what I'm saying? So, so to me, I, I, I'm, I try to not look at it as a thing that even really needs to be dealt with. Like I'm, 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 I'm happy that I, that I feel it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that might sound weird, but it's like I don't I don't want to be numb to it. I don't want to be numb to it. Like you know what I'm saying? I lost people that I love just being out here. You know what I'm saying? I lost people that I love, and I I I never want to get to the point where I'm desensitized to it or where I am forgetting parts of our relationship or I'm you know uh, forgetting memories and, and things like that in order to just exists because you know sometimes grief is like that where it's like I gotta wake up the next day I gotta keep I gotta keep going and that's really what I feel like you know some of this album even is it's talking about this is like the it's the next it's what happens next you know what I'm saying like we still got all of this life to live hopefully you know God willing and there's so much but it's like we just gonna live with with them with us forever that's really all we can do shit. I don't know shit about how to deal with fucking grief. I'm in therapy and shit. We talk about it sometimes, but it's like, it's not really like a deal with, you know what I'm saying? It's like some days we just talk about it. <laughs> I, I, I like that answer uh, because, you know, a lot of times people say, like, yo, you got to get past it or you got to get over, you got to get over certain things. And no one ever really just, um, what is it? Sympathy or empathize with you? Like, mm -hmm. yo, like this is not something I'm gonna ever get over. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't get you don't get over it. Like, especially like, you know how a lot of a lot of people that I know in Chicago that lost people that they love is violent. It's violent. It's cut short. So you don't you don't really get over that. You know, some people like I got like my grandfather passed away a few years ago, and not to say I got over it. Because I, I still grieve and I still think about my grandfather all the time. But it's a little easier to accept death of an elder. You know what I'm saying? It's like as to be expected. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? We talking about 22, 23-year-olds and like that. People that we thought we was going to grow old with. You know what I'm saying? That becomes harder to just, you know, like I'm... I don't know. It's it's just weird, man. It's it's a weird. It's a weird feeling. You know what I'm saying? We lost Walt and Squeak. You know what I'm saying? Two pivot, two of the pivot guys. Um, so it's weird, man. Even like getting off this tour, it's like tour is weird, man. Like it's like it's two spots missing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's strange. Like you know, being deep, being being out, and you still feel that presence not there. You know what I'm saying? So it's. It's not something that we have, like, we live through the grief every day. You know what I'm saying? Every day on that tour when, you know, Squeak was the, the DJ for Pivot. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Pivot got uh, Dam, who was, he, he DJ for me, but 
damn, it's DJing for them. So it's like every day we performing, the grief is alive and, and well within us. Like we we think about that, we live it, and we 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 experience that shit like very very like real. Um, but we also experience the memory and we experience they they presence. Like we feel them right right with us, and, and you know it's it's a it's a beautiful a beautiful uh, relationship. Like I feel like with all my with all my homies here not here. Like I feel like I ain't never got to worry about if where we was at, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. knew how we was locked in, you know? Mm-hmm. How how often do you get to speak about that? Uh, I usually don't. I usually don't. I talk to the homies about that shit, but I don't, like, when I do these interviews, I usually try to keep that off of it because I'm, because when I made an album, like, Care For Me, mm-hmm. it's like, I, like, grief is not my brand. Like I wanted, I wanted to be to be clear, and it's like I seen how headlines were starting to like Saba's new album. Uh, he shares his trauma and his grief, and it's like that's not what I'm doing. Like I'm telling you what the f- happened. I'm telling you what I experienced, but you know, that's just how I felt today. Tomorrow we might be popping bottles in the club. Like I'm not like you know what I'm saying. Like it's like all of this is a part of. Just my experience, which is what I want to be, like, transparent about. I want to be clear with my fans. Like, this is how we feel today. Tomorrow ain't no, you know, we. I want to leave it open to just be me, to be whoever and whatever I feel like that day. You know what I'm saying? But I try not to I try not to talk. The other thing, the other reason that I don't like to talk about it is because mostly, you know what I'm saying, I do a lot of interviews with white people and people who don't understand You know, it's 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 harder to talk about it when it's like it's unfathomable. It's like I don't understand how this how this can happen. And it's like you got to talk to people who under, who speak that language. Who you know, because then you could go in depth. Then you could talk about oh yeah, well you woke up the next day and then you you know you were still and then you woke up the next day and you was a little less up. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like then you could you could talk to people who experienced that. You could talk to people who understand that. But to me, I don't really like to go in depth in that. Even just like outside of all of that, it's just hella sad. Like you know what I'm saying? Like anybody trying to like, I really don't be trying to you know put put that out there. But it always it always finds its way to the music, so I always end up having to talk about it in some capacity. You know what I'm saying? But I try to just I try to try to try to be strategic about when I discuss grief and like these types of settings, you know what I'm saying? No, that's valid. That's valid. I think um, even though just how you express that, like you don't even know how how that just helped somebody listening or somebody watching. You don't, like, you don't understand. Jahari can contest this. Like that, that just, how that just helped me because as we grieving, like I just lost my little brother last year to gun violence last Sheesh, summer. Sheesh, I'm so sorry, bro. Condolences. Mama Bear has to protect her cubs. Your whole processing was the way you think, and I think that was just dope how you just explained that because it's hard to talking about talking to people about this, but it's a lot of brothers, sisters that's going through this right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just day by day, you know. Some days you crying in your bathroom, and the next day you, I don't know, doing some normal shit, right? Popping bottles in the club, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like, 
you know, it's day by day. As with everything, you know what I'm saying? It's day by day, man. Yeah. I think what I think artists don't realize one thing artists I don't know if you realize it, but you have fans that look up to you, right? Mm. Um, all ages, because when I went to your show, your show was all ages of Argon, right? So by you being able to just say how you deal with you know what I mean? Because they might be like, damn, if Saba can be sad one day and go pop bottles the next day, maybe I don't need to take my life or do suicide. I don't need to go to the stream because I feel this emotion right now. You know what I mean? So I think that's just dope that you just sharing your truth. Yeah. That's one thing that I would say about the Care For Me album, like, People really connected with that on like a emotional level, in a way that it it just feels really unique. Like to have that in my catalog, especially like this early in my career, to have something like that where it's like people like, you know, I get that at, at every show. Just people coming up to me with the care for me vinyl. Yo, to save my life. Yo, to save my life. Yo, to save my life. And that's like a really, it's an overwhelming thing to hear as an artist. Like, I what do I do with the information? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I guess I feel good about that. Like, but it's, 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 it's strange. It's a strange relationship. Cause it's like, I, you know, that's not what the intention was. The intention was to just say my side of it, tell what, you know, what I felt and shit. And it's, it's really dope that people connect with the music in that, in that capacity. But it's like super overwhelming. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> Imagine, I, 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 I don't think I've made it to your level of success in my field yet, but even just locally out now, I'll be getting the same thing. Artists stopping me, people like, yo, I follow your blog, I follow this, check mm. this out. And you know what I mean? So I can understand that. But like I said, you got a God given gift, bro. Like, that's a, you know what I mean? I'm I a spiritual person. So God it. gave you this platform and using it right. For real, if, if you, people connected with it, because we all know a bunch of rappers, singers that no one listens to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's facts. That's facts. So that's a blessing right there. So, um, we gonna go back to uh, man, I don't even know how to transition from this, man. You just you just gave me what to stump. But I'm gonna say this. Shout out to them too. The, the rappers and singers ain't nobody listening today. Keep going, cause God, how we said. You know, you go to sleep today. The next day could be the day. Could be, <laughs> you know, day. be the day. Like, there's a point where nobody's listening to my. There's a point where nobody's listening to your. There's a point where nobody's listening to you know, and that 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 sometimes be the the hard part as an artist to jump in, knowing that you might be making something dope and nobody's gonna listen to it. But that's not really. That's also something that it's not really gonna ever go away. Because even when you're getting a million plays, you're gonna be like, why am I not getting a hundred million plays? When getting 100 million plays you got niggas getting billions so it's always gonna be a level of like there's always more to more to do more to more to go you know more to gain you know that's right so you just you just uh spoke on like the stresses of the artists you know because like being an artist outside of the people coming up to you and just expressing how they feel about your music what are some other struggles that you have about as an artist struggles that you have as an artist well i'm not gonna say struggles obstacles it's like you like, like i ain't expecting be like this or something that I didn't expect clearances clearances I never had I you know I've been independent this whole time so I never really had to deal with a lot of uh clearances label stuff and sample clearances it could be any anything but I never really had to deal with a lot of that stuff and on this album was our first time really really dealing with that and you know it that get tricky it get yeah. tricky because you know you got to deal with 
now you independent, but you're dealing with they cycle. Hey, we got our artists and our artist is actually not dropping until this month. So we need you to push back. Fortunately, that I was good. Okay. I was good. We was able to finesse it, figure it out. But you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people that I, I do know run into issues like that sometimes. Um obstacles. It, 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 being independent, like I'm I'm my company has to fund everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when we go on tours, we gotta take all of them hits up front. We gotta bus. We gotta you know, do payouts. We got to make sure everybody that's here is collecting and all of this. And it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of shit to, to deal with. And then you go on the road and you, you see it work and you know, you, you're able to make money and you're able to sell your merch and do all of that. But it's like a lot of times it's the upfront. That's really the difference between being Indian and being, being signed. It's like, it's really that upfront, like, the upfront hit, like you're paying for your own studio time, so you know. That. You, know you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me when we talk about different sides of the city. I see the West Side still got that hustle in them. It's like that. Y'all always, <laughs> always that's been, been up historical, hustle. Yeah, 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 been historical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got it in you. So we had Taylor Bennett up here last week, and I saw me and him got into then That's my brother at the end of the day. That's my brother <laughs> life. But me and Taylor had done a 30, I ain't going to say argument, but it was a heated conversation <laughs> about independent, being independent. Uh-huh. So it's working for you. Obviously, mm. it's working for you. You know what I mean? I like to think so. Um, well, looks can be deceiving, but it look, you look good, brother. Skin, skin good. <laughs> I appreciate Selling it. Selling out shows. I appreciate it, You know it, what I'm saying? I appreciate it. We getting there. We getting there. What advice, because what advice would you give a kid that's in the trenches, he's making music, he hit a single, right? He hit a, hit a single, he hit catchy, going crazy on TikTok, YouTube numbers going up. Mm. But in the trenches, he broke, he trying to get out, you know what I mean? Label come off of him a deal. Bam, we go to these racks for this record. <sighs> Taylor say, don't take the money, go independent. United Master, District. I'm not kid. gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. If you're in the trenches, sometimes that's life or death. You know what I'm saying? If you really in that, everybody. I think. I think it's more nuanced than just saying that everybody should be signed or everybody should be independent because I think it is like some people don't have the skill sets to be independent. Some people need a machine to do the work. Some people need the money up front. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm assuming if this nigga's in the trenches and if the trenches is like the trenches that I'm imagining, mm-hmm. that could be life or death. And in those types of situations, it's like you could be patient. You know, independence requires patience. Like I've been putting out music for almost 10 years and we're just now getting to a point where we're making money. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like that took a long time and a lot of people don't have the patience and the 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 skill set like I got a I'm fortunate to have a really good team I got Rory in there I got Cristela in LA and you know we we come together and we are able to figure it out Mm -hmm. I think you know a lot of people's argument for independence is owning your work and things like that but if your work not making no money and you own it it's like 
cool, I guess. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Cool. Congrats. You you own it. But what is what is that doing? Like, to me, I think it's case by case. It's case by case. Because I think, you know, I'm all for ownership. I'm all for everybody. You know, I think the, the I think this shit should change. I think somewhere in the middle, you know, independence, major level, I think right here is the sweet spot. I don't know what that looked like yet, and I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, bro, I would love if I didn't have to pay all of this shit up front. <laughs> I, would, I would fucking love that shit. What? Like, you independent. You're paying for everything that you do. Mm. You're responsible for all of your flights, all of your anything, like anything, you're responsible. And some people can't handle that. Like, that's a that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? You see your bank account look good one day, and then you got five expenses that are really big, and you see all your depleted, and you like, oh, I don't. You know, some people, some people can't handle that. Some people are like, oh, no, it's over. This is it. I'm done now. But I think being independent, you see that all the time. That ain't to you. Like, that's like, oh, yeah, no, we about to do this run. We about to get that back and then some. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's really like you got to – being independent, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a risk that a lot of people are, aren't willing to take. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I never want to be the person that's like, everybody should be independent. Everybody should be independent just because I think – you know, it's the same. What was we just talking about? The radio versus like Spotify and all that. Shit. Like some should be on the radio. Some should not be on the radio. You know what I'm saying? You some get played in the club. Some don't make music for the club. And I think you know when I think of major labels and independence, I think I think pretty similarly. I think really the major label structure, I think, is something that you know we always hear about, and that needs to change and everything like that. So I think if you want to, you know. That's a different conversation, but just in terms of like back to the example of the kid in the trenches, I think you know it's gonna it's gonna ultimately be up to them what they want to do, and if they want to stay independent, they can still get it, they can still get to it, but they got to be willing to put in them hours and that work and that 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 real time. They got to be be patient with it and, and and persistent and consistent to 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 really get to where they need to get because you know the the first check is always you know that the label gonna offer you it's always like am i could take this now and just have this or i can wait a few months and i could you know get more leverage or put out a, a hot single or something like that and then they might give me more but that'll be a, a ongoing conversation that you having with yourself the whole time like you know what i'm saying like that'll never if you're not signed like you always gonna be thinking that but to me, I'm just like, hey, it, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the people who signed those first deals, they did that to get out of a situation. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times it's like it's almost like out of necessity. Like, I don't have shit I need to eat tomorrow. Now I'm locked into this. Shit. And then some are able to finesse that. That's just the first contract. Some are able to do that. Whatever, two album, three album, four album, knock it out, be a free agent, sign, get bread. You know, like, help their families do all of that. I don't know. I'm like, if you're helping your family, if you're doing what you got to do, it don't, you know, major, indie, you know, distribution deal, whatever whatever you got. It's like, congrats. Keep keep doing you. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm with whatever. 
Hey, what you say? When you make that first ten bands and get rich. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, so I just want to get that ten, get that ten thousand, to get them yeah. couple, couple thousand, to get out yeah, the hood. Yeah. yeah. So what's like, what's your take on distros? Because you say it's the middle spot, right? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Alright, so what's your point? Like, cause like for you, right? Like you ain't never reached out to like a Red Bull or Empire, uh, these companies that yeah. would like Empire put out my first album. Okay. Empire put out my first album. We ain't get no money. I ain't put no no money. Uh, like I didn't I didn't go to them to, you know, some distro deals kind of became like you know similar to the labels where they'll give you a fat advance and you know. But I I wasn't comfortable taking advances, uh, at that time because my music like my first album is the first time like Bucket List. It's the first time we had streaming, comfort zone and all that was just mixed. So I was making money for shows, but I wasn't actually making money for the music. Right. So to me, it didn't make sense to try to go get a bunch of money for the music because I hadn't done it yet. It just felt like, I don't know, like, you know, crazy numbers. Like, I haven't seen my my music earn that, so I don't want to take that from somebody and be in debt to somebody. That's been my mindset. And then over the years, you're able to see your music start to earn and, and things like that. Um, and you get more comfortable, like knowing that, like, oh, I can, I could take ten thousand here, I could take twenty thousand here, and I know that this song is going to replace that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's gonna uh, recoup that. But you gotta, you know, every artist gotta kind of decide what those numbers look like for themselves, and they gotta use research and be smart about it, and 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 make it make it make sense, which. To us, I, I wrote an essay on this once upon a time. It's on the internet somewhere, but I, yeah, I, I went into I went into just real transparent detail. I'm like, hey, I got four thousand dollars to do this. I got ten thousand dollars to do this, and it's all listed, almost step by step with <laughs> what it what we did to get there. You know, make sure y'all go check out that audience on that article. But we, as you know, like I know, most of our people don't even like reading. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 but. Uh, you know, uh, that's true, but a lot of people are also 
the people who gonna care about this part of it, mm-hmm. them the people who gonna read the you know what I'm saying? Because not everybody really needs to know about distro deals and independent and major. Like some people is just here to as fans or to listen to, you know, but some people are artists that are going to use this and then go do their own research. Facts. You know? Facts. So let me ask you this before we move on. So with that first deal that you just, you know, just had them dis- dis- distribute it, did you recoup? I didn't take money. I'm just so when I say recoup, like once everything was all said and done, the money that you made from it, did it was it? Did it? You know what I'm saying? Did you make the money, money that the money that I make from it is mine because I didn't take their money in. The right, first I'm saying part. though, but did you like? What my question is is that the money that they probably was offering, did you make more than that by not? Did you make that in some? I'm pretty sure I don't even know what they what they offered. Like you got to understand, at that time I didn't have no music on streaming, so it's not like it was coming to me with fat checks like hey we want you know i hmm. you know so this, i'm so, sure the answer is yes i mean like one of those records went gold like yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So, so i'm 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 sure whatever you know but yeah so by your parents and been pretty much your whole family being in the music industry that's how kind of where you got most of your knowledge from uh nah i would say from my family, I was able to learn the actual music. Mm. You know, the, the sound of music. I was able to learn that, you know, hearing Pop sing and produce and watching him produce, I was able to, like, pick up, pick up on that. Seeing my grandfather use Pro Tools, I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of see what this is. But business-wise, what they experienced in the music industry is way different than what my experience in the music industry was. I think they they were all super supportive and super uh like they just wanted me to be educated in what I you know what I was doing, but I don't think they ever pretended to know what it was going to take or what you know in 2014 what the internet and all the blogs and like that like you know nobody you know generations above above us like you know what i'm saying they didn't they didn't know what the hell we was doing i remember i got into a yelling match with my dad cuz when i was doing comfort zone he was like this should be on itunes you supposed to sell this this album is amazing and i was like it's a free mixtape dad <laughs> and he didn't understand for the life for the life for him like he did not understand why i wanted it to be a free mixtape i don't understand why you- but but to me i mean to me that's that's what time it was it was like we trying to get on blogs we trying to get people to press play uh, you know what i'm saying like i ain't got no fan base i'm trying to get people to press play free like it got to be free you know, it, 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 that's how it felt. That's how it felt. You know, obviously, you know, some people come out the gate selling crazy records and shit like that. But to me, it felt like I had just watched this, like, do this. Like, I was, on the, I was on the blogs every day. I was watching Wiz do it and Mac Miller and Chance and all of these. I'm like, if they get free and they got fans, I'm like, I don't got no fans. My has to be free. And that's what I was trying to explain to my dad. And he didn't get it. And then when I put it out and he was able to see people connect to it. He was able to see the early shows that started to work. He kind of, you know, he, 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 you know, I could tell he was proud that I, that I made the decisions that I made, you know? That's dope, bro. I'm, I'm, what it was, what's amazing to me is you say you just, when you were starting around like 16, right? 
What's that? That's when we was at Umedia when I was 16. So when you started rapping and started putting out these projects, how old were you? Comfort Zone came out, I think I was 19. Still young. I was 19, yeah. Yeah, to be moving like that, to be thinking like that, like, who taught you that? What book did you read? Like, what movie did you watch? <laughs> what book? I mean... I don't know that I ever, it wasn't from a book, it wasn't from a movie, it was from being a fan of hip-hop, being, I feel like, in the in in the culture that I was a part of, like, you know what I'm saying, we was, we was downtown every day, we was watching, get it, we was watching, you know, the blogs every day, we was watching these niggas do the shit that we're trying to do, so to us, it's like, we was watching, it's like, you know, we was watching all of the GB when that shit was happening we was in our basement like oh we need a cameraman you know what i'm saying we was watching chance when chance was doing the 10 day and all of that we like oh we need to be doing mixtapes and we need to be doing it like you know what i'm saying like it's like you you catch on when you you know you 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 listen to, to people talk you listen you know you you pick up on what what feels like the look you know what i'm saying like because early on it's like you know you all we was trying to do at a point was make fake sure drive Shout out to Drew. You know what I'm saying? That's all we was like, like, hey, we gotta, you know, Shout Ruby Hornet, fake show drop, like all of all of those, like that was the original, like, hey, we gotta get to this point, and from this point, we need uh two dope boys. We need the fader, we need all of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, but that was like it was just like a checklist. Like we was just going through it, me, Walt, Joe, Melo, like all of the pivot guys, like we was all like just like trying to figure out how to plant those seeds, but we was able to see like we was also really confident. Let me let me throw that out. Like I'm, I felt as though like I'm like the only reason they not with us is because they haven't heard it. Mm. I'm like if I can get them to hear it, they gonna fuck with it. But we gotta just figure out how to get them to hear it. So we was trying to figure out all types of ways. I took, I took um, from Ruby Hornet, DJ RTC. He taught a class at Columbia. I'm like I'm about to take his class. And I just sat in, I sat in front of him every day, like just trying to plug. I'm like, hey, this is a show that I just played. Like, we in, it's an internet business class. I'm like, this is the show that I just played over this weekend. And then I'm showing him a clip of like the performance. As you can see, it went very well because I'm good. And I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, and I, I ended up getting them, Ruby Hornet, to uh, premiere some of the music that I was putting out at that time. So that was really dope. Um, Fake sure one of my one of my homies, Big Wiz, um, he used to work with my uncle back in the day. So Wiz like my uncle. He he used to come to my house and we we would just make music. But he was just trusting me when I was a 16, 17 year old to produce a bunch of his music. That was my first time getting on Fake Sure. It was just as a producer. And they did a, a little Fake Sure Drive beats. They used to have that. And they did a, 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 a section on me on, on that. But I don't know. To me, it was just always like plotting one step of the way. It's like, you know, and it, it's still it's still that, you know what I'm saying? Because now it's, it's just thinking of, of different things and bigger things now. But it's the same. Like, it's always a way. Like, let's just figure it, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't say it's a book. I wouldn't say it's a, you know, it's, it's no super knowledge that came from the beyond. It's just like watching other people do that. And picking up on things that feel intuitive to you, things that feel like they make sense. You know, a lot of this shit is all relationships. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. So much of it is just, what's good, bro? <laughs> you know, so much of this is just that. That's it. And at the end of the day, I feel like we good people. I feel like we 
with people, people with us. So I'm like, all we got to do is be in a room with the right people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. So what, what was your, um, you know how Kanye ain't doing a genius doc when he had the moment when he's playing the music and he felt like people weren't messing with it? <laughs> what was your what was your moment like that? Like, damn, y'all not really messing with my music. My moment like that, I don't know, man. I feel like all artists, you got so many of them, man. That shit happens nonstop, man. That shit happens nonstop. I think, you know what? A, a moment like that, it was some internet, shit, but I remember they did a <laughs> they did a artist to watch. Uh, I think it was Red Eye. Red Eye did an article, and it was like. I don't remember who else was on it. Mm. I don't remember who else was on it. But I know I was on it. And I know this is right after Acid Rap came out. And somebody commented and called me Chance's Weed Roller. I'm like, they was like, there's no way that Chance's Weed Roller is about to do it. You know what I'm saying? Do some shit. And I wish I, I wish I could find that comment. Because that's like, I'm not that petty of a <laughs> But that's some shit that I would be petty about. Like, what was that? <laughs> what was that? What was that? But it's 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 cool to me. It's like you gotta you gotta take those hits. You know what I'm saying? Especially on the internet. The internet is like a different thing. Like at least with the Kanye, it's like if you're gonna disrespect me, you gotta do that in my face. The internet is like anybody could say anything, and it's like you hiding behind a anime avatar. You know, whatever. He called you the weed the weed roller. roller. I, that time, like I don't even. I didn't even know them like that. Like I'm like I don't even like. <laughs> I ended up on the the acid rap purely by happenstance, man. He he, we we knew each other in passing, mm-hmm. um, just from being at the library, and I feel like it was a mutual respect. But he he came to me like, hey, I I want you on on my album. It wasn't no like funny, wasn't no like no crazy. Shit. And to me, that was like a hard. I don't know. That was just an interesting, uh, interesting time because it was before Comfort Zone had come out. So my only knew me from that, mm-hmm. and it was just an awkward time in my career. I feel like where I'm like, I'm like, my is just like, yeah, yeah. I think that's crazy because some of your, some of my favorite Chance records features you on it. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's good to that's good to hear, man. Chance. Chance was working with Chance. Like that's one of the things that it really did change my career. You know what I'm saying? Doing that early on, doing the acid rap, doing the uh, what else did we do? We did surf. We did acid rap. We did the uh, coloring book. Like, but it's like those Chance records were really big for me, man. They were they were really really big because it 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 was the first time that a lot of people saw my name. Mm-hmm. Outside of ever listening to the music, like, you know, I don't think it was the immediate, like, some. sometimes I think a lot of artists think, like, you on a track with a big artist, you're a big artist now. And it's not, <laughs> it's not that at all, but I just got to see people see my name. Okay. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes that's enough because, you know, when they see your name and you were the artist that they like, when it's your turn to drop, they might be that much more curious to press play on it. And I felt like that's what happened with me being on Acid Rap. But we was, man, I was searching my name on Twitter. I was searching uh, Chance, Saba, 
everybody something. I would search that every day, and I would just go favorite everything that everybody said, good, bad, negative, positive, it didn't matter. I would go favorite it so people knew that this was my Twitter. I'm like, they, they said Saba, so let me go, you know, let me go like it. And I was just trying to get some followers. I had like 2,000 followers or something. I was like, hey, I need Y'all see me. Just making sure you can see me. Like, bro, your yeah. brain, how your brain works <laughs> in this. You, you hit like your brain just is crazy. Like you, it's in you. Like yo, you not gonna. It's no doubt that you're not gonna get to where you want to go. Cause that's how I think that's how you feel. Like yo, I can do. This. I appreciate that. It's like, it's it's possible. It's right there. All you need is a solution. You need an answer. Like I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm like, what do we want to do? Like. All right, how do we break that into steps? How do we compartmentalize and, like, you know, one day at a time get towards that goal? But I don't really see no goal as being too too big to attain or anything like that. I always, I don't know. Part of that is, I think, my upbringing, like, talking to my father and shit like that when I was a kid. He was always one of them people who was like, no, nah, you can do anything. Like, and I just grew up actually believing that. <laughs> Need yeah. black, black fathers is, is right. a need. Right. So when, when we gonna get your brother Joe to drop some music? When we left for tour, Joe was sending me a song every day. Joe is working. Joe's okay. working. So I think I don't know sooner or later. I don't know what his timeline is. You know what I'm saying? He could tell you better than I could. But I know that he sent me ten songs while I was on the road. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him as an artist. I actually had him on one of our watch lists. I think it was 2020. Like I said, when y'all around the town, when y'all dropped the Pivot Game project, uh -huh. and I like his records on there. I like his branding. I like the little dances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like. Joe, nah, he man. he he coming, man. When he when he get it done and where where it need to be, like I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to witness, man. Like people just finally get hip and show him love and and all of that. But it's it's on its way. I, I'll say this. He sent me ten songs. The first song that he sent me, the very first one. So probably a month ago, he sent me a song, and I was like, "This is the best song you've ever made." Really? You know what I'm saying? Like it was easily, like by far, like this is it, this is it. So he's in a he's in a wave, he's in a, a pocket right now that's like, I don't know, it's just gonna be next level. I feel like when he when he finally ready to start rolling it out. That's dope. Y'all uh, growing up, by that being your older brother, have y'all have any like sibling rivalry? Rivalry on the music side, not like for fake. I'm talking about for fake, not yeah, like not really because I think what we do is so like what makes me dope and what makes him dope is almost like the opposite. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like the 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 way he uses his wittiness and his cleverness and his like those like questionable bars, like like he just is so unique in a way that. You know, I might be worrying about a flow or something, and he thinking of a punchline. You know what I'm saying? Like, but our brains just, just as people, we've always been, despite that being my older brother, we've always been individuals. We've mm -hmm. always been very different. You know, we go outside, motherfuckers don't know we even related. You know what I'm saying? We got the same mama, same daddy, you know what I'm saying? Raised in the same house, but sometimes you can't even tell. But I would say having him as my older brother, more than a sibling rivalry, what it did, like, he's, like, a super inspiring to me because he's just himself. It ain't, I ain't never met another that reminded me of Joe. Like, it's just, like, he's just, like, himself, and he always was himself the whole time. So, to me, on some little bro shit, that was inspiring to me because I'm, like, like, this nigga was out west. Same, you know what I'm saying? Same block and shit. 
bumping Nelly Furtado. Like, you know what I'm saying? Bumping Fergie. You know what I'm saying? Bumping a lot of shit that you wouldn't think that is who was out west was listening to, but he was like that was hella inspiring to me because it, it it's just that much more confirmation. Hey, just be yourself. Just do, you know, be you. And I was able to see, like, bro, like, when I used to, I used to run sessions. I used to do engineer work for hella just people out west, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of hood in my house on any given random Wednesday. They ate deep recording some trap. And Joe just there. And these guys would be obsessed with Joe. It was like the funniest shit, but they never met a nigga like Joe. And we just still, we in the same neighborhood as these but they never met a nigga like Joe. And to me, that was just the most inspiring shit. Like, watching that, like, yeah, nah, he himself. Like, I got to be myself. That's more so what I would say I got from having Joe as my sibling. And then, you know, we have our moments where, you know what I'm saying, like on the pivot, me and him was trying to go at it. Okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? We I was trying to go at it. it. That's what's up. I remember the first time I talked to you, you was you was under the now I don't go at my brothers like that because you was I was saying about you and Mick like you ain't gonna go back and Mick you and Mick on the track. You like nah Mick do him I do me. Mick yeah yeah me and Mick got a we got a we got a few where it's like it's up for debate who 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 took it but I think Mick is one of those people where like. I know he gonna. I know he gonna. Like this is Mick. Like I know he gonna do the, the the the. I know he's gonna rap very well. So it's like working with him. It's like certain people. It's like you know what they gonna do already. So you gotta just try to match that or like do something greater. But you can't. You, nobody wants to be the worst verse on a song. <laughs> so did you take that same mentality down there to the A when you went down there to the uh, for the Dreamville sessions? Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. The Dreamville sessions was like, to me, I didn't really know what was going to come from it. You know what I'm saying? I was just happy to be invited. You know what I'm saying? I'm, hey, Cole just walked in, told me he fucked with my music. That's really dope. Like, that's cool. Um, The first song we did when I was down there was Sacrifices. That was the first thing. Like, I got off the plane, went there, and we recorded that. And... I don't know. Cole came in. It was just us three on it. It was Earth. Uh, it was Olu from Earth Gang, Smee, and me on it. Cole came in, and uh, you know, you could tell he was instantly like vibing with it, fucking with it, like on some like, no, nah, I'm about to get on this. I'm like, oh, Cole about to get on this. And then uh, he had a separate studio that he was recording in from where we was at. Mm. So I'm like, oh, we'll never hear this song. <laughs> like, the second he took the files to that studio, I'm like. There's no way this song is ever coming out. So it was really dope. Like I was I was actually surprised like to see like that. and that's another thing that just went gold. Like shout out to to Dreamville and, and and Cole and all of them. They that that was just such a dope experience. That's where I met like, you know, prior to being down there for that, most of my relationships were all people from Chicago cuz mm-hmm. I hadn't really gone and traveled and done a bunch of shit like that just yet really like. So a lot of the rappers and that I knew was all from the crib. So when I was down there, it's like it's a hundred rappers and people everywhere. So I'm just meeting, networking, shaking hands, and being like right in front of people, and 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 that was a really cool experience. I think I ended up doing 14, 15 songs down there for three, four days or something like that, and it was it was really dope. Two of them came out. I don't know if any of them will. <laughs> and I don't know if we'll ever see the rest of them. I don't even know where they at. Like who who has them from those Atlanta sessions, but. 
Still, though, sacrifices was the sacrifices was the one that needed to come out. So I'm just glad that one came out. You know what I'm saying? That's that's amazing, guys. Oh, yeah, a lot of music yeah. that was recorded down there. Your, your stuff came out. Now, all them artists, all them artists down there. What is like probably your most memorable or craziest story that you got from them sessions? Uh, <laughs> so many personalities in three days. Uh, hmm. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of off air that I feel like gotcha. we could get into. But I'll say we was in the studio. I don't remember what song we was making, but I know I was in there. Smee was in there. I think Monty was in there. Probably Kenny Beats. It was like a bunch of people in this room. And we was working and we were so locked in that we didn't recognize that Ludacris was just right there. Like he just was in our room, like vibing, listening to the music. So we stopped and we like, oh, it's Ludacris. Like what? So we trying to show him love. And he kind of like catch on. He like, hey, I see y'all brothers working, y'all doing y'all thing. So I'm going to move around. Like I'm going to let y'all, I'm going to let y'all, you know. do. It. But bro, everybody was out there, bro. Random. Bro. We was... We was working on some songs, bro, and we looked behind us, and Chris Bosch is just in the studio. And it's a small room. The room is smaller than this room. Like, it's a, it's a small room. Like, it's not a big room. Mm-hmm. 6'10", as Chris Bosch is sitting right behind us, and we like, damn, this, I think it was Monty. Monty going to walk up to him, hey, you look like Chris Bosch, folks. Like, <laughs> and, then, and it's just, like, hella, it's just hella funny, like, that, you know, it's, it's, it's such a blur almost, like, you know, those days went by so fast and there's so many people. George Hill was giving niggas donuts. This is just random <laughs> random shit. But it was dope, man. It was a it was a it was a it was a pleasure to be down there and I was able to meet a lot of people and it it was cool and, and a lot of like legends was down there, like Cole obviously. We ran into No ID down there and we ran into a lot of a lot like Ludacris. You know what I'm saying? I I I don't know. It's just it was just a really really one of a kind experience. I've seen a lot of people like since then try to kind of take that formula and emulate it, and it's you know I don't know. It's like it's cool. It was like the golden ticket. You know what I'm saying? The 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 Willy Wonka. Like, they really did that shit, and then they made an album out of it, and it was really dope to to be a part of that. Shit. No, it was dope to see y'all doing that. Shit. Um, before you just you just name dropped No ID. Before I get to the No ID, um, I want to get to. Uh, having a collective of artists uh, record together, right? So in a perfect world in my in my creative brain, I would love to get all the guys from the rack, all the guys from the shy that make music new and old and do something like that, like a three-day camp. Mm-hmm. And of course, we probably couldn't do it in Chicago because of all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But even the people that got beef, like you can't even bring your, you can't even bring your entourage with you, like, like certain people, you got to come by yourself, and you got to come by yourself, and we got to do a three day camp, and we all just gonna make music together. Right. Do you ever see something like that can happen? Give us a little EP or something. How Ye produce it? Give us a little seven mm-hmm, song mm-hmm, EP. Mm-hmm, the seven song Ye joint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think regardless of if something like that were to ever happen, there would be a lot of people that ended up not on it that were supposed to be on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't think there'll ever be one where it's everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna look at the track list and be like, damn, they should have had this per this legend, this per you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think based on like how I don't know, it's like even doing that, like 
outside of one city. Like, doing the Dreamville, still, like, you look at that track list, and there's so many people who were down there. It's hundreds of artists who were down there, and there's so many people who didn't make the album. You know what I'm saying? And, and knowing that, if we apply that same thing to just Chicago, but plus Chicago politics and Chicago, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like certain niggas in Chicago just actually can't do songs together. You know what I'm saying? That's some shit. When we was down there, we wasn't really thinking about that. We like, we'll do songs with anybody. Who the fuck? That? Like, I was just me niggas and getting on songs with me, which is rare. I don't really do shit like that. But, you know, that was the vibe. That was the energy down there. And I, you know, I was, I was with it. But on some Chicago shit, that's a, that's a tougher, that's a tougher just thing to crack. Like, it's like, I don't, I, I, I don't believe in impossibilities. Like, I don't think that's impossible, but I think that would just require a lot of like, I think it would require like a cultural maturity in our city that I don't know that, it, like, I think it's possible for it to happen. I just think it might, it might take a step before we get there. You know what I'm saying? It might take an event. It might take something to happen to get to a point where it, Every everything to the side and just like we all together now like that's you know I don't know that's a hopeful that's that's a that's that's a hopeful f- future but I think you know it's we it'd get, be possible we get, we getting the anything is possible I know you was, you mentioned in the interview that uh, that you make your you record a majority of your music outside of Chicago mm-hmm. um, based off perspective so what is what do you feel I'd say it's probably like half and half. Mm. You know, I did a, I did a lot of here, but going outside of Chicago is always easier to talk about Chicago because you're not there. But my bad for cutting you off. No, that's that. shit. You saying what I was about to say, but that, cause, cause that's exactly what I'm going <laughs> with it. It's easier to talk about Chicago. What do you feel? Uh, what do you feel can be done to help change the uh, the national perspective of the city? National perspective is. <laughs> we got the governor of Texas talking about gun. How we always <laughs> escape go when it comes to guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I think. You know that's that's reputation, and mm. and and changing a reputation is a it's a challenging task because what makes it a reputation is that it's what you're known for. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be true to be what you're known for. But once you're known for something, you know, it's like, that's what you're known for until you're known for a new thing. So I don't know. I think it it, it could take the right shift in, the right shift in politics out here. It could take the right shift in artistry. Like the right artists can come out and like just show Chicago in a different light. But I think uh, more than anything, like, it's not that I think, like, you know, how people talk about Chicago nationally, I don't necessarily consider it to be inaccurate. Mm -hmm. I just think it's only half of the truth. You know what I'm saying? I think there's a lot more to Chicago. Like, one of the things when I was working, um, when I was working on A Few Good Things short film, the director uh, that I was working with, C.T. Robert, is from the DMV area. So he's not from Chicago, but I was talking to him about how I wanted to film Chicago and how I wanted to capture it. And one of the things I was like, hey, I want to make sure that we, we have a lot of trees and a lot of nature. And 
that because in outside of Chicago don't really realize that Chicago got trees. I'm like, like, it's like funny, like no old block and downtown. Like it's like really crazy, but it's like to me that's that's the thing that's like it's like it's it's strange that we don't just see pictures of like Chicago, like with what Chicago actually look like. You know what I'm saying? It's versions. It's like, it's still Chicago. That's true. But there's this is also true. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to take somebody or some group or some moment where we get to see this is true, but this is also true. You know what I'm saying? And for it to be like the complete version of Chicago, like how we know it. Like, you know, it is all of it. It is like, you know what I'm saying? It did lose people. Niggas do get shot. Niggas do all this wild shit like this that's the city of Chicago but also we was in a fucking library you know what I'm saying niggas be gardening niggas be planting you know what I'm saying you know, a lot of the book club yeah 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 <laughs> book club like it's like you know you got you got positive people from here you got people who you know even outside of rap you got comedians you got actors you got a bunch of people from here from this soil from the same place and I think it's just you know, culturally, just making sure that those stories are as loud as these tragic stories. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what'll kind of could be the catalyst for that shift. You know what I'm saying? For people to start nationally viewing Chicago differently. I think you're doing. That. I think you're on the good way, man. And even with media, like artists with your caliber, Taylor Bennett's caliber. Actually setting up a chance to wrap an interview next month. Like artists of y'all caliber doing um, press with Chicago press because mm-hmm. I feel like we very uh, we're the culture. We know what goes on here, but there's no one in the mi- mainstream media speaking for us. Right. So I feel like by y'all coming back and y'all doing all this press and shining the light on what we got going on here, I think they can help with that reputation as well. Definitely. Definitely. Um, we got to do a reputation about the West Side, though, because all of we people think about the West Side is bop music. So, <laughs> so how do we change that reputation? Who, What artists from from the West Side that you feel like are like your top five right now, up and coming, that's, that got it on lock, that people need to be listening to? Uh, that's a that's a tough one, but I could give you I could give you five, I think. I'll say... Mm. And you can't name Pivot. <laughs> Damn, I gotta name you five West Side, West Side. Like, you know who I really like? Uh, uh, S- SG Batman. He's from out west, right? I think he got west up north. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like him. I be I be I be on his IG a lot. He be dropping some like hard freestyles. Um. is from out west I ain't expect to to have to listen y'all might have to edit this part of the interview y'all might have to y'all might have to edit this y'all might have to edit this part I was expecting you to say west siders uh in general I didn't know they have to be up and coming the up and coming makes it it makes it challenging because like is it a lot of west side up and comers like that like I'm sure they out there but I don't I'm not familiar with a lot of them like Okay, so I feel like since you, hold, I think personally, I feel like you hold the torch right now for them. 
we're gonna edit this part out, but I'm gonna list you some guys I want you to I want you to check out, right? Yeah, hopefully it's people that I heard of and maybe I'm just tripping. So the DCG brothers, I want you to check them out. Yeah, the DCG brothers, them is from the hood. Yes, them is as hard as yeah. I I love they I love they this guy named Flex. Flex, okay. Flex Sinatra. Check his music out. Okay. You gonna rock with him. Uh, who else from out West that I think it'll be great for you to collab with? Or just even just to be on? Because West Side got a lot. Flex, DCG, Pronto Spaz Out. Pronto Spaz Out. Yes. Okay. Pronto Spaz Out. Another one. He has a huge following as well. They love Pronto. Um, it's a fire name. Yeah. And he's a character too. Pronto <laughs> <laughs> is a character. Um, I'm trying to think of it's some girls. Is Brittany Carter from out West? Are you familiar with Brittany Carter? I'm familiar with Brittany Carter. She's hard. I don't feel like she's from out west. I she's from, I don't but I mean, she she could be. She I just though. feel like I wish I would have known that. <laughs> if she's she from out west, like I didn't talk to her in real life a few times. I'm like, that should have led the conversation. If you're from out, <laughs> well, no, she she she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, me. she can rap her ass off. Yeah, she can rap her ass off. I'm gonna just leave with them three. Because okay. I can't think of I can't think of nobody else that I'd be like, yo, they from out west and they like they the But them them. All right, so sorry, man. We've been chopping up for a minute. I feel like you got a lot to say. I feel like we could talk a, a lot, right? So I wanna leave here. What? What? Finish off with the no ID question and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pick your brain on one last thing. For sure. So no ID. Yes, your first time meeting him was in uh, doing drunk Dreamville session? I met him in 20, probably like a year before the Dreamville session. Okay. So recently, he uh, sent you a 120 plus beats, right? <laughs> yeah. So is it going to be a no ID stop or collab tape? For sure, for sure. Okay. For sure, for sure. So with these beats, like, I just like, he gave you like the Jay-Z pack, like the 444 pack, like what type of, what type of vibe were you, you know, getting into? What's crazy is he was, you know, he one of them people that, like, He'll, like, he'll call me, for instance. I'll hear some music playing in the background. I'm, what, you know, what's what's that? What you working on? And that's beat number 70 this week. You know, that's that's beat number number 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, he he makes a lot of beats. So when he he was like, what you want me to send you? How many how many you want me to send you? I was like, hey, send, send me everything you made this week. To me, you said you made 120. I want... I want to see all all 120, but to me they sound like just classic, no ID like, you know, chop the sample the the drum like everything is like it sounds like him. Mm. It sounds like him. Uh, you know, I I I hear some of them. I can imagine I can imagine Jay on them. I can imagine Ye on some of them. I can imagine. Some other artists on it, like, but it's 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 fun. It's cool to have. I don't know, like, it's just cool to have access to that pack. I'm like, damn, this shit, this shit crazy. Like, it's 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 really cool. But yeah, man, he's 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 really been super helpful and super like, uh, I don't know. It just put a lot into perspective for me in terms of like, what's next. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's been it's been really really tight to kind of lock in with him and, and just work nonstop, you know? I did. So far, we had 12 songs together. Uh, 
for whatever this upcoming thing is going to be, you know? Okay. So is it going to be, so you don't know what it's going to be, but it's like a, he reached out, y'all talked, and it's like, yo, we, you and I doing something together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, he been, he's been helping, uh, he's been helping out with, uh, just like on the team, on the team, like for, probably like right after a few good things came out, we started working like a few months now few months and it's been it's been really really dope and really really helpful like having somebody who's done it you know because me me and my team like me rory Cristela, like that's like the core of my team me and my two managers and uh you know we 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 came in young and 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 we were able to do a lot of cool and i'm super appreciative and super super thankful for everything that we've already done and now adding this new, you know, the the no ID energy is just like, oh, we could, we could go crazy, like, cause we already did a lot, like, but now it's just like knowing, I don't know, it's like learning the game, learning the game of it. That's not something that I ever really, I feel like, took that much time to focus on, mm-hmm. but having somebody be like, hey, you can, you can do this, you can do that, you, can do that. you know what I'm saying, like. It just makes it makes a difference in terms of knowing which step is the next step, you know. Best advice he ever gave you. Best advice he's given me was uh, I played him a few good things before Survivor's Guild existed. Survivor's Guild stopped that, and if I had a dollar, those songs weren't on the album yet. And he was like, "If you play this album, he was like, it's good. I like every song that you played me, but if you if you perform this album." You'll close your show with Life from Care For Me, your last album. He's like, you can't do that. He's like, you got you to gotta add a new closer. So I went home next day, started, stopped that, started Survivor's Guild. And, you know, that was easily the best advice that I feel like I got from him. Yeah. yeah. What about Ziploc? Why, 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 why didn't he put that on his album? Um, it was just a, a different time I guess like Ziploc I think I did that like it was just so detached from the album like I want to say I made that before the pandemic even started Ziploc just random session with one of the homies D Phelps he also from Chicago um I think D Phelps and, and and his guy Coop produced that song I just pulled up on them one day when I first got to LA and uh that was like the first thing that we made and you know, sometimes it's like songs that are special don't immediately register as special. You know what I'm saying? So Ziploc was just another song. You know what I'm saying? That might not even been the only song we made that day. Like I overlooked that song for months and months and months and months, and then we release it, and it's like, oh, shit, like this is a great song. <laughs> I think you dropped that with a two pack, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dropped Ziploc and a, a track called "Rich Don't Stop" together. Yeah, I like "Rich Don't Stop" too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I told you I'll be following you, man. Come I'll be, on, I'll man. Be talking- <laughs> man, you know, man, like I said, I can talk all day. It's a great conversation. Johari, give me a thumbs up because you be to let me know if it's good or not. Is it a good interview? Good. All right, so man, he, he's a good test. So it's a great interview, man. Saba, what's the word? We out. Hey, uh-huh. what's up? What's the word? Uh-huh. My name is Yumi, and my daughter and I live in Washington Heights. I'm vaccinated against COVID, and I decided to get my daughter vaccinated too. She's four, so I'm extremely careful about what I give her. 
It's a lot of false information out here about COVID-19. But I talked to her pediatrician, and she made me feel confident about the vaccine. I just want her to be protected like her mama. Mama Bear is protected, so I definitely got to protect Baby Bear. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.